Okay, so Jed R from Australia has agreed to share his story for us. And Jed, the floor is yours. Thank you. Just a sec. Okay, my name is Jed R. I'm an alcoholic. Uh, I like to turn my uh, video off because I'm self-centered and selfish and uh, I don't like to look at myself because I get self-conscious. Uh, I've been sober since the 12th of July 2002, 7,629 days. And I'm a keen fan of interaction. So if you if you have your camera on, I'd like to see your reactions. If you don't want to put your camera on, um, there's all sorts of reactions you can put in the uh, in the chat. Like I've found the tomato. So if you if you don't like what you're hearing, throw the tomato. <laughs> Uh, or, or, or the teary face, or um, or the love heart, uh, because uh, in in Zoom meetings it's hard to get a reaction of whether I'm you know getting my message across. Um, I also want to welcome anyone who's new. Um, if you feel like it, want to give me a wave to let me know there's newcomers in the room. And the reason I ask for that is that you are the most important person here. Um, my early recovery was painful, and uh, when I meet newcomers, I get reminded of what it used to be like. Um, let's start at the beginning. Uh, red wine was my first drink in 16, and uh, when I look back on that first drink, halfway through it, I wanted another drink, and I've come to understand that that is a very clear sign of alcoholism because my understanding is the normal uh, the normal person doesn't doesn't crave more alcohol after they consume some, whereas the alcoholic tends to. Uh, I got drunk at 17 on Stones, Greens, Ginger Wine and Bombora. If you don't know what they are, um, they're basically the cheapest, most revolting alcohol. And uh, I vomited so hard at 17 that I didn't drink either of them again. But I did steal them. Uh, I didn't obtain them legally. And again, obvious signs of alcoholism. I also, I mean, my, my recovery starts in the other fellowship because I use drugs. I mean, you know, I don't want to go into details, but um, if you're using drugs and it's causing problems, it was causing problems for me. I, uh, you know, I went to Narcotics Anonymous, you know. Um, the problem was my, my drinking and drugging got out of hand, particularly in uh, uh, about 2000. And um, I had a plan, not proud of this plan, but I had a plan to rob the local football club with a double barrel shotgun. And the trouble with that, one of the problems with that is that if I had been caught, if I'd done that and been caught, I would have likely ended up in jail. And as an openly gay man, I don't think I would have lasted long or gone well in jail. And the funny thing about that is I went to Sydney um, in 2000, around December, and I came back to discover the Rumbies Football Club had been robbed by a double-barrel shotgun. And I went, goodness gracious me, could that have been my co-conspirator? Hmm. I don't know to this day who robbed the Brumbies Football Club, but the fact that my um, friend had plenty of drugs and alcohol and food seems to be an obvious conclusion to me, but I don't know that for sure. Um one of the things I did when I was uh, in my 20s is I, uh, I liked to drink, you know, six days a week. And I made a conscious decision not to drink seven days a week because alcoholics drink seven days a week. 
And I was concerned about my drinking. So at 20, I went on the internet. They did have internet back in my 20s, believe it or not. In fact, the internet's been around since I was about 10 or 11, so go figure. And I, I asked a series of questions on the internet about my, uh, about my drinking, and I lied about my answers. And I lied by about half, which seems to be fairly popular. So if I was drinking 10 standard drinks a night, I said I was drinking five. And at the end of the, end of the questionnaire, the internet said to me, you have the liver of a 40-year-old at 20. And um, all of these things came into focus for me after I started coming to Alcoholics Anonymous because I didn't think much of my drinking. I mean, I thought my drug, drug using was the problem. But again, if I cast my mind back, I would always start the night with a drink, move on to drugs, go back to having a drink. And uh, that seems to be fairly common. Uh, so what happened? Um, in uh, about February of 2000, I had lost the respect of my friends and family. Um, I had bruises all over my arms and I was drinking, you know, six schooners, which is about eight standard, eight to ten standard drinks, um, a bottle of wine, which is about seven standard drinks, so that's 17 standard drinks, and then a couple of vodka chases, so three or four vodka chases, which brings it up to about 20 standard drinks. And it's not the best, it's not the worst, it's, I'm, not, I'm not the person who drank the most or drank the least, but my problem was is I would go to clubs and bars and I would fall asleep. And it got so bad that the bouncers knew my name. Jethro, you can't fall asleep here. This is this is a drinking establishment. You can't you can't snooze here. Get out, go home, sober up. Um, my drinking accelerated. Uh, living in Sydney in Newtown, uh, living in sorry, living in Glebe, going to Newtown, uh, local gay establishment. I was desperately looking for a relationship. And uh, I was drunk, surprise, surprise, and I wore big, what we call bother boots, and bother boots is like steel cap boots, uh, full of leather and steel at the tip. And I was chatting up someone beautiful and chatting away, chat, 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 and I fall and slip on my ass. And the funny thing was, is I got up and continued chatting with this person, fell on my ass again and got up again. And the only reason I know, know or I fell a second time is my my colleagues, my friends, so-called friends across the other side of the bar, pulled me aside and said, did you realise what you just did? And alcohol gave me wings. Alcohol gave me confidence. Alcohol gave me strength and stamina. Um, the dangerous part is I, when, when using drugs is everything got worse. Uh, about 2000, February 2000, I'd lost the respect of my friends and family and I talked to my doctor and she recommended going into a detox. And in February of 2000, I went into a detox and I packed a carton of cigarettes, a big bag of rolly cigarettes, a couple of sets of clothes, and I, I, I really did want to stop. I, I really did want to stop the drama. And on my second day in detox, I busted. How is that possible? Well, I guess that's really another story, but someone obviously smuggled something in and I, I experienced step one. I was given something and I couldn't say no. I was completely powerless that uh, I couldn't not take, I think it was a joint. Um, I got out, stayed sober for a couple of days. Uh, oh, sorry, 
in the detox, this is the important part. Woman who was, you know, a facilitator was uh, asked, asked me a couple of questions. She said, are you gay? I said, yes, I'm gay. She said, are you an alcoholic? And I said, no, I don't think so. And I really didn't think so. She said, are you an addict? And I said, yes. And she said, well, there's a gay and lesbian meeting tomorrow night, which was a Thursday, sometime in February. And my motivation for going was not honourable. I wanted a husband. I was desperate for a relationship. This is an ongoing theme throughout most of my drinking and most of my early recovery. And I went to the gay and lesbian meeting, which was about six o'clock on a Thursday here in Canberra, which is where I'm from. And there were five women there. I did not pick up a husband. I did not find a lover. And truth be told, now that I'm sober, I, I don't ever really want to date an alcoholic, at least not an untreated one, because I know I'm a, I'm a complete handful. And if you think I'm cheeky now, you may imagine what I was like 20 years ago. I went to that meeting. I got introduced to the 12 steps. I got introduced to God. Now, here's where, as an agnostic, I had problems. As a gay man growing up in the Catholic Church, I discovered that I could not get married, that it was a sin to be gay, and I turned my back on the church. And I think that that turning turning my back on the church seems to be a common thing amongst my agnostic and atheist friends. And I was very angry that the AA that I went to, the, 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 the fellowships that I went to was all about God this, God that, religion this, religion that. And it's, it's quite unpalatable. Um, after three and a half years of going to Narcotics Anonymous, I got a big whopping resentment. And on December the 22nd, 2005, I found myself standing in the middle of Canberra on one of the main streets called Thunder Street. It's a hot summer's day. And I would like to drink my old drink, which is two years old and lime. And to give you an idea of what two is old is, it's, it's, it's a dark beer. It's a, it's a brown. It's a beer you can almost chew to eat. It's a quite um, quite uh, revolting. The only way to drink it is with lime in it. And I wanted a two is old and lime. And I really wanted to go to a Narcotics Anonymous meeting. And I couldn't because there wasn't none at that time. But there was an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting at the local Griffin Centre where I had gone years before to the gay and lesbian meeting. And I turned up halfway through a lunchtime meeting and I thought, shit, there's a lot of people here I recognise. It turns out that people who are addicts are often alcoholics and people who are alcoholics are often addicts. Um, I now personally go to Alcoholics Anonymous. I go a little bit of Al-Anon, but that's another story. Um, and I got to give them a meeting list. I got encouraged to come back. And I came back to a Thursday Pathways meeting and angry and resentful over this uh, this. Um, resentment uh someone had i'd asked someone if i could if they could buy me the cover of a table tennis bat which is a piece of rubber worth about 20 bucks and so my journey to alcoholics anonymous was for the sake of 20 bucks for a little bit of rubber it wasn't a condom which is probably a good thing and i made a mistake and the mistake i made is i told an old timer something and i have i've learned that it is actually good to talk to new to old timers but you know don't talk to old timers they have this jujitsu and they come back with you and they go yeah and i said i was having a profound identification with the meetings with the people who are sharing and he said to me if it walks like a duck quacks like a duck reproduces like a duck and it speaks like a duck uh, it's a duck and and i discovered i was an alcoholic but um, for, 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 from, for the three and a half years in the other fellowship and for a few years in Alcoholics Anonymous, I was miserable. In fact, I was angry. And I like to say I was so angry I could 
I could cook an egg by looking at it. And uh, I, I, I'd just like to know, has anybody ever been angry? Anybody, uh, anybody have experience with anger and sobriety? Um, just wave at me if, you, if you've ever been angry. Um, nobody's been angry. I don't believe you. <laughs> there we go. That's more like it. Um, anger fueled my recovery. Anger kept me sober. Uh, I don't recommend it, but um, but uh, yeah, it uh, it uh, it fueled my recovery, and and the change was is the person who had helped me in the early recoveries of Alcoholics Anonymous encouraged me to get a book and encouraged me to read the steps, encouraged me to go to meetings and get a sponsor, have a sponsor, and all that sort of stuff. But um, I I couldn't do it while I was angry, and he died. And I got involved with another person who helped me take the steps. And as I took the steps, the anger seemed to go away. Um, my journey through the steps is fairly straightforward. It, 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 it isn't the only solution. It just happens to be the solution that I'm working on today. Um, when we went through the book, we read. I know that sounds controversial. And there's a lot of stuff in the book that is very, I think, misogynistic. And I think um, anti, not, not anti-gay, but just not, 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 not pro-gay, not that it needs to be. And uh, reading the book happened to help me find a solution. I put pen to paper, which enabled me to get my inventory on paper. Uh, as an agnostic, I pray and meditate, uh, encouraged to make observations. The book is funny. I, I like to use the, the, the paragraph, um, uh, for anybody who's unsure they're an alcoholic, why don't you step over into the bar room and try some controlled drinking? I think that's hilarious because that's a stupid suggestion as far as I'm concerned. Um, if, if, if there's anybody here who's not sure they're an alcoholic, and I don't know if there's anybody in that category, um, try some controlled reading because the back of the book is one of the things that I've read and I've got profound identification. And the last thing I did to, 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 to go through the big book is my sponsor shared his experience. And so I'm going to share my experience taking the steps only because that is the best solution I've come up with today or, or I've come across today. Um, I've, I've tried other things, CBT, um, uh, psychotherapy, medication, so on and so forth. Um, but step one for me was all about the problem. And in, um, in, in the problem, my problem was is that I, when I drank, I wanted to drink more. And step two is the solution for me, uh, G-O-D, good orderly direction, gift of drunks, uh, a group of drunks, gift of desperation, great spiritual compassion, in the universe. Oh, that reminds me. Sorry, my first AA, one of my first AA meetings in twenty in two thousand and five. I met someone who talked to me about their concept of a higher power as an atheist. Good orderly direction, group of drunks, gift of desperation, and that it is possible to stay sober and be happy for many many years without that need for the religious mumbo jumbo. Um, step two, the solution I talked about. Step three is the decision for me, and the decision that I made um, was all about doing the rest of the steps. Um, I, as I said, I know there are, there are many other ways to get sober. There are a lot of people who don't use the book and I have no problem with that. It's just, it's, it's just different to my method. And when I hear from them, I hear this magic language that they speak, that they've got hope in their voice. Uh, four was an inventory. Uh, four and five scared me, actually, because I had done some stuff which I thought was pretty icky. I'm not here to share that from the floor. Uh, I don't think that's healthy. I, do, I did share it with the sponsor. 
And I discovered that I was not the only person to do these things. And I was not the only person to be a, a, a dirty, filthy alcoholic, um, which I'm very grateful. Um, the remainder of the steps are sort of mechanical. Um, five, it, it, it worked for me to talk to someone that I trusted. I happened to take the steps effectively with a gay man. And as a gay man, there were things that I could share him that would just gross out anybody else, for, for lack of a better term. Uh, six, another list, seven. Um, in order to practice seven, I, I learned that if I have a defect of character in six and I practice the opposite, there is no magic anointing of the sins where the light of God comes down and shines upon me and removes my defects of character. What removes my defects of character is human interaction and changing. So if, if one of my defects is a liar, um, I try to practice, um, I try to practice honesty. And if I um if I'm if I've hit someone, I try to practice obviously not hitting them, um, and so on and so forth. Uh, six, seven, eight, another list. Nine. I will talk a little bit about nine. Um, I was encouraged to write them out. Uh, I, one of my earth, early amends was to my aunt, who had refused me the table tennis bat some years earlier. And I basically said to her, uh, I'm an alcoholic in recovery. I believe I will never get over drinking if I don't make amends to you. I believe I've harmed you in the following ways. And I, I said, I've said mean things to you. I've said mean things about you. I've tried to control you. I've tried to manipulate you. Um, I, uh, if it's relevant, I've stolen from you. Um, and I ask if there's anything else I've done to hurt you. And I can't remember, if she, I don't think she said anything, but um, um, I then asked, her, asked for her forgiveness and uh, step nine was fairly straightforward to me. I've only had one person who said, get the hell away from me, don't talk to me anymore, don't ever come near me again, you horrible, sick asshole. Um, and ironically, I'm friends with them on Facebook and so, you know, we talk on a, on a, on a semi-regular basis, so go figure. What's life like today? I've got a little um, slideshow here which I'm going through and on the left-hand side is a big red heart and on the right-hand side is a big wad of cash. And in that slide of five circles which I put in the rainbow colour and those five circles say respect, successful relationships, family and friends, bills and debts are paid and I have some savings and I have a roof over my head. And what that means is that in sobriety, when I come home, the light, I turn the light switch on, the lights come on because there's lights in the globe and I've paid the bill. When I start my car, the car starts because the car is serviced and the car has fuel in it. When I go to work, I work. There's a big difference between going to work and not working and going to work and working. And when I go to work and work, I tend to get paid and they tend to ask me to come back and ask me to pay, pay some more. Um, I am running out of time. I've got about five minutes left, roughly. My life today, um, I realise I haven't been very humorous and I apologise for that, but I do believe that my recovery story is quite serious. Um, I, uh, I am a puker and I have shat my pants on many occasions, um, both sober and drunk. And if you don't like that, you might not be my kind of alcoholic and I'm not offended by that. Um, I do ask if anybody has any questions or if I've said something that really pisses you off, please come and talk to me because... I don't have all the answers. I don't know. I know my truth, 
but I don't know if any of that's of any use to you. Um, I want to thank Lu Lucia for asking me to share. I think it's a great privilege to be asked in Alcoholics Anonymous. I know we do get spoilt by meetings that, you know, you get two or three minute shares, but it's nice to tell the whole story. Um, what can I finish on? Hmm. If you were like me, afraid of doing the steps because of the God word or because of the inventory process or because of the amends process, I, I, hear, I hear you. I, I was very much afraid of taking the steps. Um, but as far as solutions go, I haven't found a better one. Um, I've, heard of, I've heard of good solutions, but I haven't found a better one. And I continue to work the steps by doing five things and then I'll, then I'll shut up. Uh, I personally find it useful to have a sponsor. That is, you know, can you do it without a sponsor? I'm sure it's possible. I, I think I would have had difficulty because the language in the book is quite old and out, a little bit outdated, a little bit misogynist and a little bit man-focused. And um, when I read through the book today, I rewrite as I go, uh, changing God for G-O-D, um, I even sometimes change the pronouns for my own benefit, particularly if I'm sponsoring a woman, uh, which I have done on occasion. Uh, I like having fun. Um, I, I uh, started the meeting. I said I'm here to cause trouble, and I, I do my Mork and Mindy uh, impressionation, which is uh, Nano Nano. And if you're too young to know Mork and Mindy, Google it for crying out loud. You know, Google was invented for a reason. Uh, I happen to be literature-focused. Again, again, I, I, I like to read... Um, Big book, 12 and 12. Uh, I've got a daily reflections in my bathroom. I've got a subscription to uh, uh, Joe Sees Beyond Belief, which I find a very good book to read. Uh, we read it on at my regular group, which is noon Canberra time on a Saturday. If you'd like to come along, I'm happy to share that link. Uh, as an agnostic, uh, for those who, I'm assuming we all know what an agnostic is, but I, my, my definition is you have on one side the, those who believe God exists, on the other side, you have those who believe the non-existence of God. And as an agnostic, I like to hedge my bet so that if I am to die today, I'm ready for the possible existence of a God. However, I'm much more likely to be ready for the non-existence of God, which is where I tend to lean mostly these days. And last but not least, perhaps the most important part is I have your phone numbers. I have your email addresses. And I don't mean that to say that in a stalkish sort of weird, creepy sort of way. I just say that, that if there was a problem... Um, I have numbers to call and email addresses to contact and Facebook addresses to um, uh, contact and so on and so forth. So if I am to drink again, I've got to stop contacting all these 200 people that I know. I've got to stop praying and meditating, stop reading literature, stop meeting, stop having a meeting, stop having fun and stop working with a sponsor. Um, I see a hand up, so I'm hoping there's questions. Um, I don't necessarily know the answers, but I will give you lots of bullshit. And my favourite answer to any question is, I don't know. Really, thank you for being here.